School is in session. You've got the School of Hollywood, and I'm Steve Owens. Time to pull out that pencil and paper because we have Amy Linden in the house. She's a former talent manager here in Los Angeles. She's an acting coach and has coached over 50 series regulars, and she's here to tell you how not to screw up an audition. Yeah, that's right, how not to screw it up. And also how to self-tape. Now the casting is done basically virtually. So get ready for Amy on the School of Hollywood. Welcome to the School of Hollywood. This is Steve Owens, and today, Amy, I'm excited to have you here. We originally met through Josh Earp's Masterminds, where we both were speakers on that. Uh, you were talking about acting. I was talking about the music business at that particular time. Looking at your IMDb Pro, it is packed with awards. Let's start with those. Um, You know what, Steve? I am what is called an overachiever. I like to overachieve at everything that I do. I think it comes from a massive fear of failure. So I work really hard to succeed. Um, yeah, I have awards with a bunch of movies that I have directed, massive festival circuits, um, and things that I've written as well. So I, I love that. It's so cool. It's so cool to get an award. Well, I also saw that you worked with Martin Luther King's daughter. That's amazing. Yeah, she was um, incredible. That story, Odessa, is 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 semi autobiographical. Well, if I start talking about it, you'll say, "Yeah, it's biographical, Amy." But I had a um, a nanny named Odessa, and I wrote a movie about her and hired a big team of people, and they found me Yolanda King, Martin Luther King Jr.'s daughter. Crazy! Wow! And it was. We did the, we were doing the production schedule and she's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm busy and um, on these dates in January. And I'm like, oh, what are you doing? She's like, I'm speaking. Yeah, she was speaking for her father. It's like, I'm just this filmmaker trying to get the actress to work and she's speaking to the world. And I'm like, oh gosh, I forgot it was Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. So crazy, crazy, crazy. We all live in our own little pod. So how did you get started in this crazy business? Um, I've been acting since I'm 10 years old. Um, as a matter of fact, I used to write my name on the bathroom walls. I had, like, I changed my name several times. and But I, this one stuck. It was Amy Lynn with an E, and everybody used to make fun of me. And so, you know, I guess they're not laughing now, right? Um, and then, you know, I've been doing this just such a long time. My uncle made Rocky. Oh, wow. Ah, he was the executive producer. He found the script. He got it made. He made sure Stallone was uh, was starring in it. And a huge success, as you know. And, and when I was a little kid, I was like, oh, my God, he made it. If he could make it, I so could I. So, I, I you know, I studied in London. I, I studied with Stella Adler. I studied at the Neighborhood Playhouse when I was 16. Guys, if you want it, you have to work hard to get it. I've wanted it for so long and, you know, and I used to jump on a train and study at the neighborhood class and I would stop at Nathan's and, and get a hot dog. And I thought I had owned New York city. It was awesome. Then I got a bachelor of fine arts from Syracuse university. And then I came out here and, uh, and I couldn't book. I was like, what the hell? I have all this education and I couldn't book. What the hell is that? So I, uh, after being kicked around falling on my face for like five years, I created a way of working. And then my friend Stevie was like, hey, can you coach my kid? She's 
auditioning for this huge role for the studio movie Prehysteria 2. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not a coach. She says, well, just teach her what you figured out. And that's how the Linden technique was born. Oh, fabulous. And you have 15 steps in this thing, right? Yeah, 15 guidelines. So that started like, it started 26 years ago. Isn't that crazy? It is. And then I became manager for a while and I represented Adam Brody, um, Virgo Constantine, um, Brandon Baker. I actually did a, a three picture contract deal with Disney for Brandon Baker and he was Mowgli. So I was on the other side too. And then I was like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like it at all. I like not at all. What uh, didn't you, you know, like about the management of actors? Well, when you're a coach, you're like the grandma. Okay. They go home. Okay, they eat your cookies, they eat your food, and then they go home. When you're a manager, they never go home. And there's like a massive responsibility. And, and um, you know, the company was becoming very successful. And then there went my career. There went everything that I've ever wanted to do. And so I uh, basically gave it to my partner. So did you miss it at all? Not one bit. But I will tell you this, I, I learned so much. I also had a great manager before I became a manager and she died. Um, but she taught me so much about marketing and business and packaging. And she built my career. I think I booked like 12 guest stars. One of them was recurring on Freddy's Nightmares when I was with her. Well, I got a question going back on your training a bit. Uh, you studied in London as well. What is the difference between what they teach you in London and they teach you in the United States? Because a lot of people are from the States want to venture over there. And a lot of people from UK want to come over here thinking that it's a different technique. Is it? Well, you know, the British, they work from the outside in. So like, um, I will never audition unless my shoes are right. I have to be okay. right. You know, how, how do you walk in this world? How does your body behave in this world? And then here it's about, it's about your emotions and um, what, you, what you do physically is secondary. You get to your emotions from the inside. In the uh, British, they get to their emotions from the outside. They're also use of the language as well. So I learned Shakespeare when I was there. Did you find Shakespeare to be tough to learn? No, it's actually almost easier because it's like... Um, you're, you're actually doing you're, everything that you're thinking uh, and then you just lay the line on top. And so it's, it's actually easier and it's more poetic and romantic. As an actor, how did you get your first break in Hollywood? I worked with Andy Garcia in a movie called um, A Night in Heaven. And I was on set all week and I watched Andy Garcia like a hawk because I just, I, I was like this kid, you know, he was, he was like, I think it's like a, He's like seven years older than me, and he was sitting there reading his plays, you know? And he was just such an actor, actor, actor. So we were on the set all week together, and the last day he falls um, off of like a skateboard and injures the arm that he, because he was a bartender and I was a cocktail waitress. No, I was, no, I was a drunken patron. He was giving me some um, aspirin. Anyway, I got all of his close ups because um, because he couldn't be seen pouring because he was pouring with the other hand because he broke the right arm. 
Ouch. <laughs> he has to be regretting that still to this day. Uh, here's a question that uh, I, I get doing the management as well as besides the producing. Um, when is it time to make a change in an agent? Okay, well, I like to tell a story about what the difference between an agent and a manager mm-hmm. is. Um, you're a shoe in the shoe store and the shoe's not selling. The agent will just go find another shoe. They're salespeople. Okay. Now, a great manager will look at the same shoe. And they'll say, okay, let's move the shoe. Let's find a different heel. Let's find a different color. Let's, you know what? Let's just reinvent the entire shoe. But they won't drop you. They're there, they're there to look over your entire career. But make sure you know the difference because there's a lot of managers that act like agents. So there's not a lot of developmental managers like I was. But the time to leave an agent is after you've had your entire package done and you've given them every tool that they could possibly use. Um, Like, don't all of a sudden, like, cry if you're not going out because they've been asking you for new pictures for a year. Uh, You don't have the right clips up to match the pictures. You don't, or the pictures don't even represent your casting. So you can't judge an agent by their performance because you don't have your shit together. So I say, get the package together that meets the level of your talent. And then if after a conversation, they are not getting you out, then you should look for another agent. But I say, don't find another agent. Don't leave the agent until you find another agent. Uh, absolutely. I agree with you 100% on that. And I, what's interesting is, is I'm finding more and more, uh, my conversations have switched from, from casting now to the producers. And in, in the conversations with the producers, on the, while you're on the phone with them or in a Zoom call, they're immediately looking up on IMDb Pro. And how many of the actors' profiles are horrible? They don't take the time to build it. They don't realize that it is important with the numbers going down to number one being the best and, and what it, the benefits that it does have for them. I really agree. I mean, I had a student crying to me that somebody got the job over him because they had more followers on Instagram. I'm like, guys, you got to get it together. Stop living in like a closet somewhere. You know, these things are really important. And I, you know, and occasionally I cast stuff too. And, and it's embarrassing when you think of a great actor and you bring them to IMDb and they don't have a picture or they have photos up there from when they were God knows how old, or it's just a headshot fest. Guys, IMDb is not actor's access. It's a publicity site. You should maybe shoot some uh, pull some frames out from some of the work that you did with some artists and put it up there and show yourself acting. It's crazy. People just don't have the information. You've been in about 30 guest stars on TV. Uh, Have you had to deal with uh, going to network and, and having that jitter of, am I going to get this job and get the big paycheck kind of a situation? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, not recently though, but when I, certainly when I was in my twenties, um, in my thirties, but, um, you know, I, I've been shooting a lot of feature films, um, because what is considered like a character lead. Also guys, you have to know what, what your branding is, you know? So like I'm a cross between, um, Goldie Hawn, Kirsten Alley, Bette Midler and Jennifer Coolidge. You know that? Yes, you define exactly who you are. And that's one thing that actors, I, I tell them all the time, 
who are you like? Well, I'm not like anybody. Well, then nobody in the studios are going to watch you then because they want a similarity as far as in an actor that they can talk about, especially the PR department and, and whatnot. Absolutely. And also, you know, the problem is, is that actors aren't busy enough. You know, I, I try to lead by example. I mean, ever since COVID, I've shot uh, two feature films and I did two series podcasts where they made, they had a series where it's cast in another series podcast using an Eastern European accent. Um, they know about it. Look, it's really fun. Um, but I think people need to get busy. There's, there's so much work out there, guys. You're just waiting. If you wait, somebody else is going to take it. You know? Go on backstage, you know? If I can go on backstage and look for work with my resume, and I could submit myself on Actors Access, I, 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 so can you. Like, like, what is the problem here? Exactly. The, exactly. Homework is the most important thing for an actor. I know you've had a lot of experience on the red carpet over the years with premieres and, and whatnot. Uh, what should actors talk about on a red carpet and what should they avoid? Oh, that's a good question. Um, don't talk about anything political. Try to be like Switzerland. Be in the middle. Don't talk about religion. It's sort of like dating. You shouldn't be talking about politics or religion. You shouldn't talk about anything that's a hot button. Just, you know, get really clear on what your role is, how important it is, what a great time you had. Um, know what you're wearing, like who you're wearing. Talk about who you worked with. Like, I like to talk about, um, like, when I work with a star, you know, I, I like to talk about them in a, in a very good light. What a great experience it was and what I learned from being in their presence. Yeah, that's one area that there's really no training for, for an actor on on what to do on a red carpet. And, you know, a lot of them freeze up because they don't know what to say to the paparazzi as they're talking to them. And I think that's what you just gave is great advice. Can I just say one thing? I think they go to red carpets or they go to parties or they go places without their little elevator pitch. Everybody should have a little elevator pitch and you should practice it so it sounds natural. It's great that you bring that up because I have a little 10-year-old client named Bella that I've actually been working on her elevator pitch. I mean, she's incredible. I mean, she's, you know, she started at seven. She she got her first agent. Then she booked her first first audition. She booked an iPhone commercial. And then she was on a cover of 14 magazines. And then RTL out of Germany did a 15-minute piece in between uh, Britney Spears and, and Tina Turner. I mean, this kid is like, she's on fire. But it's a it's a whole pitch kind of a thing. And, you know, one of the things that, that I actually was on a, a workshop yesterday with actors and I was talking to them about it is don't walk into the room and tell a casting director or producer, I'm an actor. The worst thing. <laughs> you know, I work with people on their interviews to go see agents and managers, and it's 100 proof. It's 100 proof. Um, the, uh, you want me to give you the formula? I'll give you the formula. You ready? Yeah. Here's the formula. Formula is, um, first you think of, you talk about your, like, the biggest hobby because you'll light up when you talk about it, you know? talk about a hobby i would talk about photography how i just put together this great photography book through, through this through this company online and then it came in the mail and i was like oh my god those are my photos and 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 then talk about um uh like maybe there's a sport that you do that's really amazing maybe you're a professional something or maybe you've got a black belt in something uh talk about awards that you've gotten outside of acting because if you've competed in other things other than acting, 
then they're going to look at you and say, oh, well, they've already, they already understand the art of competition. If you understand the art of competition, then you'll understand how acting business is competition. And then talk about numbers. Um, in one year, I booked 17 films or whatever. Numbers. People aren't in the stories, not interested in anything. They're interested in how much money they can make from you. Exactly. Okay. Do you like that formula? I actually absolutely love that formula. So here's a question that you're talking about in that agent standpoint. Uh, as a manager, what made you take on a client? Um, well, you have to understand, Steve, we went under other names. We made up names. Like I, my name was Rachel Gold. I grew up like this. And my partner was Charles Morgan. And he was flaming. And we did not expect for the company to blow up. Okay. We did not expect for us to do really well. We just started this company as actors using fake names just so we can work. And so that's what happened with that. But when I took somebody on, the first thing that I looked at, are you high maintenance? Because the last thing we wanted at that point was to take on anybody that was high maintenance. Second thing we looked at was um, how tenacious are you? How much do you? want this how bad do you want this and what are you willing to do to get it and then we look believe it or not that was the one that's exactly the same kind of philosophy that i that i've been using you know since the early 90s um if you were to go back into management what changes do you think need to happen for you to do it i needed a lobotomy <laughs> that's kind of like when I was an agent, had that same feeling, prefer the management side. <laughs> I'll give you 60%. I'm like, no, no, because I'm going to build you. I'm going to pour my life into you. You're going to tell me how much you love me. And then you're going to leave me. So no, I'm going to put you with big companies like Endeavor William Morris. I'm going to give you huge publicists. And then a huge management company is going to take you after I get you on a show and you're going to give them all of that commission. Yep. That's happened to every one of us. <laughs> we'll never do it ever, but I will be there with the actor to walk them through and take them through network, coach them all the way to the top. And I've done it a ridiculous amount of times. What suggestions would you have for an actor uh, that has been given a cold, cold reading from a casting director? How long should they ask to take to work on the scene? I don't think it's the amount of time. It's what you do with the time that you have. So I believe that most actors is one of my biggest issues is that they memorize it and then they work on it. And so then they get into a pattern of speaking it rather than reading it. Like guideline number one is read it 10 times. Okay. Instead of reading it 10 times and understanding story, you cannot be in the story if you don't understand the story. And then what they do is they go right to their dialogue. Don't do that. Go to the other person's dialogue and find out why you're even there. How are you going to answer somebody unless you understand where they're coming from? So um, I think what happens is, is that most people don't have a way of working, which is where the Linden technique came in is teaching you how to break down a script and tell the best story. So there, you don't actually need the script that long if you understand who the person is and where they live for you, and then work on getting the dialogue down. But all these people, they do it backwards, and then they're not connected in a deep way. 
So um, most people only have two days. Like I only had, uh, my agent sent me something at 7 a.m. the other day and said we needed him before 8 a.m. the next day. And, and it was a, and a different accent. It was three different scenes. It was a story. It was a whole thing. And in COVID, finding somebody, you, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. And I actually have a client that actually was stuck in, a, in an earthquake in Turkey. Couldn't find anybody. The internet was down. Trying to tape a, an audition for a, a major uh, series regular role that they really wanted her for. And she finally ended up having to do her own dialogue uh, back and forth, taping it. You know, when you want something, you find a way to get it done. And you don't wait till the end of the week. If they've given you a week to do the audition, you get it done ASAP. Because the first people in the gate are going to be the ones who the casting directors and producers are going to say, they're hungry. They want that job. Isn't that with everything, though? I mean, think about it. If, if there's so many people, and you're, I, that's why I talk to people. I said, you guys are like Olympic actors. It's like you have to look at it like it's the Olympics. How hard are you going to compete? How much are you going to work to get to it? Um, and work to the way where you're so fluid, you know, not tight. You know, most people, they haven't been working out, so they're tight. Who wants to hire anybody that's tight? They want to hire people that are fluid and free and beautiful. And, you know, I just watched, um, I binged on the Amazon show, The Wilds. That's, I don't know mm-hmm. if you want to see that. And I couldn't, I couldn't leave. And every single one of those girls on that show, like if women are watching, are listening to this right now, watch that show because watch the commitment that every one of them have. And those guys do not have big resumes. Your life can change within a day, but you have to be brilliant. You can't just be great. So with the, the whole pandemic, has that changed your te- teaching methods? Are you doing Zooms or how, how are you working with actors now? Completely pivoted and I'm not going back to the theater. I'm staying on Zoom. Um, I'm teaching less people. I was teaching like 130 people a week. Mm. Now I'm teaching about 70, but I feel more invested. So I'm teaching three days a week. I also do an intensive. also have a self-tape class. Um, and then I do privates. Um, and then I do career consultations. Um, but but the Zoom is like a on-camera Linden Technique um, booking class. That's what it's like. I could see something right here if you're going to move, how you're moving. It's like a self-tape. I could see exactly how are you going to be in the frame. You know, and being a filmmaker, I know what the frame looks like. And if you're going to move your eyes and how your focus is and how strong are you, and I could see it, um, I'm just more invested. And the people are more invested on Zoom. You know, in the theater, they would just leave. I felt used all the time. I was sent, um, managers and agents would send me people, please, you know, they're not booking, please help them. They didn't find me. You know, the people that I love are the people that find me and want it and want it bad. I only want to work with people that want it bad. And so I get a chance to work with people from all over the country. They're in Florida. They're in Atlanta. They're in North Dakota. um, They're in New Mexico. I I get the cream of the crop from all over the country of people that want it. And those are the people that I like to work with. One of the things that I was thinking about uh, actually yesterday while I was on this workshop was that uh, if you put a mask on every single one of the actors, the face mask, and make them act from their eyes as they're delivering the scene. 
you know, because everybody, you know, actors like to act instead of react. And this way, they're having to do the scene through their eyes. My, my, my students hate me because I'm always telling them they're moving too much. Stop moving, stop moving, stop moving. The guideline is, um, what do I want to make you understand? And so if you're focused on what you want to make the other person understand, then you'll stop moving around. You just focus on that. And, you know, a lot of actors are doing all this stuff, you know, and don't bring in props, guys. Stop So like drink out of an Evian bottle and that's supposed to be like, like tequila. So you have uh, some online courses available besides also what you teach uh, uh, privately. Uh, tell us about those. Yeah. Um, you guys, um, if you go to Udemy and you put in the Linden technique, uh, you'll find a course that I have. And if you put in newsletter 13, you'll get, uh, what is it? 17% off course instead of it being 8999 it'll be 74 dollars or something but it's a full course and you'll get a certificate at the end um but you'll learn the linden technique from the course i have audiobooks on audible i have my original the original book um you can get that on my website or amazon delindentechnique.com or and i'm also guys i have a business and marketing site called uh actorstoolbox.net. Um, I'm coaching like 103 students a week. So you want to learn the technique, get on there. It's only $19.95 a month. And oh my God, there's so much on there. It's ridiculous. It's like 2011. It's like a library. Um, and what else can I tell you? you no, know, uh, I do an intensive for newbies once a month, the second Saturday, and you can sign up online. And that's a pre-qualifier to do the master class. So. Well, you're doing something that I try to tell actors uh, quite a bit, and you can't just be one thing anymore. You have to be at least five different things, whether it be in the voiceovers, the interactives, creating your own stores, creating your cosmic lines. If you walk into a room and you're only just the one thing, you're going to be a boring person, and nobody's going to really want you <laughs> when they talk to you. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm a perfect example of what you just said. You know, and what is that? Money never sleeps. You know, I, you, you just doesn't sleep. You know, you you should be everywhere. Um, like I just help my friend because I play a commander in this um, commander Sura in his sci-fi, and I helped him rewrite his treatment to get it made because I wanted to be in the show. So you know. You do what you have to do to get to where you need to go. And that's a perfect example of, like, for actors to go out and create their own properties that they own and create the roles that they want that they don't get the audition for and, you know, get the demo tape that then they can present to their agents or managers to try to get them jobs in, in that particular area. Absolutely. And there's some really good companies. I look like myself.com. I work with Jason. He was one of my students. And and he puts out some beautiful product. Um, I help people write it. I direct it and give them partners um, to put together something that looks like television, something real. Um, but you guys, you got to watch television in order to be on television. If you don't know where you fit, then you're just random. Oh, you just hit on one of my biggest pet peeves. An actor saying, well, I don't watch television. God, I could shoot them. I don't want to, I just can't deal. I can't deal. I mean, you're an actor. Oh, and the other, my other pet peeve is 
is an actor who sets their Instagram page to private. We are in the business showbiz. No, I know. I saw that. I tried. Uh, it was last month. I was like, why would they have that private when they're an actor? That 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 was crazy. I think that's a good note to end the show on. <laughs> so they remember that one. <laughs> we are in show business. And, and Amy, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. And continued success in 2021. Thank you. And you guys follow me on Instagram. Well, you completed the lesson for the day. Got some new homework coming up. And that is going to be Ryan Francis on the School of Hollywood. You may remember him from the movie Hook. He played the young Peter Pan, a Steven Spielberg movie. And he's going to be telling us about his career. He just completed three movies in Oklahoma and how we did it in the COVID situation. Plus, he's also a producer on several shows right now. So next up is Ryan Francis. We'd like to have you subscribe to our podcast. Just click that little button. And if you have any suggestions for questions that you would like, simply hit us an email and we'll see if we can answer them for you. On the School of Hollywood, thank you for listening. I'm Steve Owens.